About a year ago, the company that I worked for went through a rebranding process. They wanted to change their logo and, and do a different color scheme and, and, and have a new slogan and all this different stuff. They wanted to go through a new rebranding phase, and they had a team specifically to do it. These people who were so focused and intently going to change the brand and decide what it is that this company needed to represent. And they, and they, they focused and they, they worked on it for, for months and months and then decided and, and launched their brand, the new brand. But I, I, I want to play a little game. Y'all want to play with me? Like two of y'all? Fine. I'm going to say the company, you say the slogan. McDonald's. You ain't, please don't sing it. So McDonald's, M&M's. Melt in your mouth, not in your hand, right? KFC. Y'all y'all like KFC, don't you? Y'all were like M&M's, KFC. Finger looking good. That's the truth, too. I'm going to eat KFC after church. But here's what I want to ask you, okay? So you know McDonald's, you know M&M's, you know KFC. Nikki Bishop. You don't, nobody knows her slogan? What about you, Johnny? Johnny Lawson. Nobody knows it? Charity Morrison. What's your brand? What's your brand? What is it that when somebody says your name, sees you, it pops into their head as quick as I'm loving it, as quick as finger licking good? What is it that your brand, what is it that, that you represent? Because if you don't decide what that is, focus, choose what your campaign is going to be, choose what it is that you're going to advertise in your life and have a slogan that pops up in, in, when somebody speaks about you, someone else will. And it won't be something that you like. People will brand you as difficult or dramatic or trouble or this or that or anything else. They'll brand you with a thousand other things if you don't decide to brand yourself first. So what is it that you represent this morning? What is it that you've decided is my slogan? What is it that when I someone says my name, the thing that immediately comes behind it is blank? right? If you'll stand with me for the reading of God's word, if you have your Bibles, we're in Luke 4, starting in verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. I had to say it like that for Paul. And a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. Do you hear that? A report about him went all, the marketing campaign had already started. See, the advertising had already started. The brand was already established because he had decided who he represented, what he was about, and that was his father's business, and people were already learning what the brand was. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled it, the scroll, and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me 
to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovering of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And because Jesus has a little flair for the dramatic, I like this about him so much, he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Y'all, Jesus did a mic drop. He did a mic drop right then and there. He read the scroll, rolled it up, bam, and like walked off. And everybody's just, what? Like freaking out. Jesus just did a mic drop. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up three years and six months and a great famine came over all the land and Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha and none of them were cleansed but only Naaman the Syrian when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. Somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated. Yeah, give him praise for his word. Go ahead. I told my wife that I was going to tell an embarrassing story. And on second thought, I'm going to tell it. She told me at the very beginning of us dating, we, were, we had just started dating. Why are you hiding your face? I, I, I hadn't told it yet. At the very beginning of us dating, she let me know. She said, I want to know if you're serious or not. She, I want to know if this is for real, if you're actually serious about us. Because if not, there are other people that would date me. There are other people that would be serious. She let me know right away. Look, I got other options. <laughs> you need to either get it together or, or what, which I liked. But immediately as she said this to me, I looked at her with as cool a look as I could, and I said, baby, you tell all those other contenders that the champion's here. She loved it. It worked. It worked. She married me. Ha ha. You liked it though, didn't you? Right? I mean, it worked. I did. I said, tell all those other contenders, the champ is here. I wanted to brand myself as her champion. I wanted to brand myself to let her know that I was for real, that I was the one that would win all the battles, that would go to battle for her, that I was there, right? As cheesy as it sounds, there was something that I was trying to let her know, right? In the branding process, people already knew who Jesus was. 
He had let them know who he was. Not by what he was been saying. We, we heard you've been talking a lot. We heard you've been saying a lot of different things, Jesus. No, they knew who he was by the things he had already done. He was walking the walk. And today, he started talking the talk. See, normally, you talk the talk, then you walk the walk. Jesus just started out walking the walk. You know what I'm saying? He just started out doing it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This may be an unpopular opinion, but I don't like participation trophies. I don't like them. I think, it's, I think they're silly. I, they, I, they just don't work, right? When my kids, every sport that they've ever played, whether they put the score on the scoreboard up or not, they know if they're winning or losing. I've heard my kids come over to me during a game, we're beating them by 10. Shh. Nobody's beating anybody. It's, nobody's keeping score. Or they know when they've lost. We lost, didn't we? Yeah, you lost. It's good to know how to lose. It's good to know how to win. It's good to know those things. Because here's the point. If everybody's winning, then nobody's winning. If everybody's winning, then nobody's winning. If everybody has the truth, nobody has the truth. If everybody has their own way, then nobody has a way. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? If everybody's living their truth then everybody's a liar. You hear what I'm saying? Because there's only one truth. There's only one way. It's Jesus Christ. Okay? That's it. That's it. If everybody's winning, then nobody is. It's either the truth or it's win or you lose. And Jesus is here saying, look, I understand what's happening, but it's fulfilled today. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And I'm here. Right? He fulfilled, and he gave them the option to either accept the fulfillment of the scriptures or to reject it, right? Like, look, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you think I am the fulfillment of the word, and I'm here, amen? He's here. He's here to fulfill it. And I also want to tell you that when, can you hear me, the scripture then and now has also and still fulfilled in your hearing the life. It's not just something he said. It's not just a branding campaign that's trying to get you to buy into something he's selling. He's not selling anything. He's just telling you the truth and you can reject it or accept it. That's it. That's it. Well, I'll do it myself. I don't care. He says a word twice. He says a word twice, so it must be important, okay? Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty. Say liberty. To the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty, say liberty, those who are oppressed. Love liberates. Love frees you. Thank you. It's about time. Love liberates. 
it liberates. The type of love that holds you and wants to keep you and you don't get to go anywhere and I want you to stay with me and you don't need to have any other friends and I want you, that's ego. That's ego. Love is freedom. Love liberates. You can liberate somebody with your love. Maya Angelou uh, said she lived with her mother and when she was 17, she had a child and she her mother, her mother who had lived in a great big house with live-in help and butlers and 14 rooms, and she had this baby when she was 17, and she told her mother, she said, I'm leaving. She said, I'm leaving the house, and I'm taking the baby with me. And her she said, yes. She said, you're leaving my house, and you're taking the baby with you. She said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, know this. When you step across my door, know that you've been raised. Don't ever let somebody try to raise you because you've already been raised. You know what's right and what's wrong. And she did life and as best she could, but every time that life knocked her down, every time that life swept the feet back up from underneath her, she returned home. She ran back home to her mama and her mama said, my baby's home. I'm going to cook you this. I'm going to come home, baby. I got your room just like you like it. Come home. Love liberates. See, it didn't matter if she was across the world or if she was right here or what she had said or what she had done or who she had become or it doesn't matter. I still love you. I love you regardless. That's the, that's, that's the perfect love of Christ. The love of Christ can liberate you, can free you. Do you understand? And as she got older, as she got older, her mother looked at her and she said she, she said she just stopped one day as they were walking down the street and she turned and she looked at Maya Angelou, this is young girl, and she goes, you're the greatest woman I've ever known. And Maya Angelou went, what? She was amazed that her mother had said this about her. And she started to believe, you know, maybe there is something about me. Maybe, maybe I do have something to offer. Maybe, there, maybe I can be someone. Maybe I can be something. You see, the love that her mother had liberated her to go and accomplish anything that she wanted. And her mother got old and she got sick and she was battling emphysema and a bunch of other things. And the doctor told Maya Angelou that your mother has three weeks to live. And she said, she asked her mother if she would come home. And stay with her. And she did. And she lived for three years. And she stayed there. And she, she was with her. And she told her, she said, she said, I understand that some people need permission to go. And she said, I want you to know that you have accomplished so much in your life. You raised a God-fearing woman, someone who loves the Lord. You, you made me believe in myself. And if you need permission I liberate you. You may leave. You, you may go. I, in case you need it, you, you can. And she left. And something told her to go back. And she immediately went back. And the nurse had told her, your, your mother just passed. You see, love liberates. Liberation. It's not just freedom. It's not just freedom. Because you can be free. We live in a free country. But to be liberated means that you were oppressed by something. It means you were held down. You were 
captive. You were in bondage. You were, you were chained. You, you had something that, that had a hold of you that you needed to be freed from. You needed to be liberated from. And Jesus says, he says, I have come to proclaim liberty to the captives, a recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. If you are oppressed today, Christ has come to liberate you. If you are a captive to addiction or fear or pride or past relationships or or a a poor image of yourself or what somebody else told you that you are or, or any of those things, you have been liberated through Christ Jesus. You're freed. You're free, so whatever it is, the ceiling that someone put you on that said you can only am- amount to about here. Could have been your parents. Could have been your, your mom and dad. I have people, I'll, I'll, transparent, I have people in my family who I tell them I'm a pastor and they go, yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. Sure you are. Isn't that cute? And you can't prove growth, right? You can't, I can't say and explain to you, I know you know the person that I was, but I'm different. I'm a pastor. You can't show that growth. You can't, you can't prove, no, like I really am, I swear. Like I, I love the Lord with all my heart. Everything I do, I go after him. They, they're gonna go, yeah, okay. But you know what? That ceiling that is on me, it's no longer on me. See, I've been liberated from that by Christ Jesus. The, the box that someone has put you in, that maybe a, a past relationship, boyfriend or girlfriend, or a spouse, or a brother or sister, or someone that you really cared about that's told you that you amount to here, Christ said, take that ceiling off. I liberate you from that oppression. You can accomplish anything that you want to through me. Whatever storm you need to go through, whatever it is that you're doing, wherever it is that you are, I liberate you to be able to have the power to walk in faith, return to that problem in the power of the Spirit, and go in Jesus' name. Amen? Well. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. I love that. I know it's something that could get looked over, but it says they were fixed on him. When I lived in the north, people made fun of me for saying that word so much. They say, where are you going? I'm fixing to go to the store. I'm fixing to go eat. I'm fixing to go to class. They're like, what are you fixing? What are you repairing? What are you talking about? It's like, y'all don't say that? They're like, no, that's not something we say. Well, y'all fixing to. ha <laughs> ha. Y'all going to get it from me, right? Doesn't mean repair, but here I believe that it does. You see, their eyes were fixed on him. They were repaired because they weren't working, right? Because they weren't looking at him. But when they looked at him, they were fixed. And whenever you fix something, it stays fixed. It's not broken anymore. Your eyes are fixed on Jesus, so now I'm looking at him, and I can't look away. I can't look away. My eyes are fixed on him. That's the only thing I want to see. I I see differently because I'm looking at him. Thank you. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Ceiling. 
ceiling. Is this not Joseph's son? Bam, boundary. Bam, the limitation. Bam. Is this not Joseph's son? There should be a in there. And he said to them, doubtless, you will quote to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did, not what you said, what you've already done at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, truly, I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. It's rough. It's rough. The people that I want to be saved the most are the people in my family. The people that I can't reach for anything are the people in my family. I was showing pictures yesterday of myself and my two sons to my brother. I was showing pictures of me as a little kid when I had hair. Uh, It's true. I had it. It was there. Some of y'all went to high school with me. I had hair, didn't I? Come on. I got to get some backup every once in a while. But I was showing pictures of myself as a little kid. And, and the, the image of me and Max and Sam are all the same kid. I mean, they look the exact same. It's, it's so weird. And my brother, my brother looked at the picture of me. And he said, he said, that's who I see still. He said, I don't care if you're 100 years old. He said, that's who I see. That's that little boy. That's, that's my little brother. That's who I will always see. The people in your family will always see you. How you are or how you were when you were a kid. They love you. The image of, them, of you is, is burned into their brain. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's because they loved you that much. That they just remember who you are that much that they they can't help but love you. So if you try to change and rebrand, they're not going to see it. But guess what? When you rebrand yourself and you, you serve something else and you change into a new creation and you are doing something different, it is then not you who changes them. It's you who are changed and then you who are changed affects people around you because you are allowing Jesus to change the people around you and not you. It's not you anymore. It's, it's not what you have to do no matter what if you're like throwing scripture, throwing prayer, throwing all this. Well, you know what you need? If I'm, I'm praying for you for this. Well, the Bible says this, but I'm, just be one with the Lord. Work on your relationship with Christ. Get deeper into his word. When you reach for his, his garment of his robe, when you touch it, grab it and grab, just clench to it with everything that you can. Whenever you, your eyes are fixed on him, lean in. Whenever your ears feel like they're open to his word, try to get more of it. When you go after God more, not try to go after people for God, when you go after God more, people get drawn to Jesus, not you, but get drawn to Jesus through you. Does that make sense? It's not you changing people. It's you changing. And then people change because you have Christ in you. You have the Lord in you. I, 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 I believe there's a, a spirit of rebranding that's happening in here. There, there, the, the, we, our word for the year is what? 
When you brand and whenever a company brands something, they focus their intent on what it is. They're, they're purposeful. It's, it's on purpose that McDonald's says, I'm loving it. It's on purpose because they think you remember it. The things that, that when you brand something, when you come up with that slogan, it's, it's specific. It takes focus. What is your focus? What is it that you, when somebody says something to you, you want to get rebranded? Your brand is now changed. I don't think it's the same for everybody. I think right now God is whispering something to you that is saying that this is your slogan, that you uh, work for the kingdom of heaven, but this is your mantle, that, that you are mine and you belong to Christ, but this is your testimony. This is what you champion. This is what you carry out in the world. This is your torch. This is your cross to bear this is your story to tell it's yours and they're he's whispering it to you right now you could you could have changed who you were and changed into a christian and been doing christian things and that still be about you it can you could, you could live out the stereotypical Christian life, right-wing conservative, talk about those you know, things and still not be devoted to scripture and prayer and fasting and worship and a relationship with him. You can do those things and look at those things and look like those things, but still not be devoted. It's when you decide to devote yourself when you change not who, what, I, what I look like or what I say or just how I appear, but if I change, allow him to change who I am, that I get to then be different. Amen? Amen? Y'all still with me? Come on. But in truth, I tell you, and he goes through the several different examples. But I'm telling you right now, there's going to be things in your life that don't make sense. There's going to be, be times. There's going to be times where it says, okay, fine. How do, I, how do I serve this up? How do I make this about him? How do I change the narrative? Because people will tell things about you. I, I know you've, you've had a, a thousand times where people will tell you you have no control over what people say about you. You heard that? It's not true. You do have control over what people say about you. You can take every bullet out of the gun, every excuse out of the gun, and all they can say is look how that person loves because you can change how you react to something. You could have reacted the same way every time when somebody hurts you, you hurt them back. When somebody's mean to you, you're mean to them back. You defend yourself. It's who I am. You know, I, it's just part of me. It's the way God made. No. You can change how you react. You ch you're choosing to react differently. You're choosing to make your brand different. And it's not about you anymore. It's all about him. It's all about him. Now, I want you to know today, I want you to know that if you've never, never even thought of what it is, you know, there's, there's a lot of times people say, I don't care what people say about me. I don't care, I, you know, you do you, I do me. 
I can't even say that right. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't even sound right with me saying it. You be you. Worry about you. You worry about yourself. What is that little boy? You worry about yourself. I'm losing it. (laughs) What I mean is, if you don't care what people say about you, start. That's your ministry. That's your ministry. You are a minister of the word. You are a minister of the Lord. You are ambassador of Christ. And if you are saying, as a Christ follower, I don't care what people say about you, then you don't care what people say about Christ. Do you understand? We change who we are because we decide to love in every situation, in everything that we do, because love liberates liberates you from the oppression, liberates you from the, 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 the addiction and the pride and the fear and anxiety and, and worry, all those things. Love liberates you. You have been liberated by Christ. The, the, the battle that you're in has already been won. The things that you are struggling with, you've been freed from. You've been liberated the chains and the shackles that were designed just for you, that the enemy made and perfectly fit just for you, that you were freed from, do not walk back to that cell and put them back on just because it feels comfortable and that's what you're used to. People stay in bad situations because they're scared of what else there is, even though they're free go back to that same drug or go back to that same drink or that same person or that same place or those same groups of people going back to the same thing over and over and expecting a different result it doesn't work like that you choose differently because you choose what you represent you choose your brand You choose what it is that people say about you by how you live, by how you love. By how you love. Love liberates. You're free. You've been liberated this morning. Every one of you. Whatever it it feels like you're tied to or still connected to or, or held down by, that's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the enemy. You're free. And if you don't have that freedom, get it today. Get it today. The shackles that you're bound up with, he's holding the key out to you. He won't walk up and unlock it, but he'll hand you that key. If you ask.